0: terms and conditions apply
1: more than a movie is back with season two i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia
2: he has the smarts of vito the temper of Sonny, the warmth of fredo and the coldness of michael to the legend behind la bamba lou diamond phillips
0: when i walked in i didn't think i had a shot at richie because john stamos's picture was already up on the wall
1: Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Vsin.
1: Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network, v the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube, TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. Skill Alexander, it's Kelly Bidlin still to come this hour. Matt Miller will join us from ESPN, talk a little NFL draft with us. What is your uh, percentage certainty that Bryce Young is going number one right at this moment, Kelly? I'll ask this of Matt Miller as well.
3: 51%.
1: 51%. That would be lower (laughs) than most people, right? Because right in this moment, everybody thinks it's done deal. The theory being that David Tepper, the uh, Panthers' owner, is dead set on drafting him, and that's that. Maybe right. Maybe wrong.
3: I mean, in the, the the stories we're hearing about Houston behind them are even more fascinating. Basically he- it's younger pass for them on quarterbacks, it sounds like
1: which is an amazing thing because then let's face it, you are openly punting on another season. Yeah. Hmm. Read some tweets here real quick. Uh, because I want to clarify this. This is uh, we get tweets that be in the book, Steven Vegas circa does allow series price parlays per Steven Vegas. So there you go, there's your answer. Vegas Vice, sounds like DeRozan's daughter is an appropriate candidate to be Todd Wishnev's future wife since they share interest in loud heckling. You know, if she was about 14 years older. Yeah, yeah. 20 years, 20, 30 years older. Uh, Mike Rouse, who would you rather be yelled at while on the court, DeRozan's daughter or Wishnev? <laughs> okay, he's completely overrun by that. <laughs> That's enough of the tweets. Ladies and gentlemen, unscripted with the crack man, Bill Krakenberger. Right. On a understanding. Bill Krakenberger, everybody. Look at you, all color coordinated. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Krakenberger. Uh, hey. at, at Bill crackman with the K on Twitter. Where are you? How you doing, man?
4: Good. I am in Hilton Head, South Carolina for the PGA Tour. And uh, normally I'd be at my, my friend has a great spot in the 18th hole, overlooking the 18th hole, but the place is full. With the, he's got a lot of people down for the tournament. It would just be too loud. Every room would be too loud. Um, but I'm right here on the calaboogie. You can see maybe, I don't know, really good. Uh, grasp the background here in the low country and uh, the water in the background, the, the beautiful moss and um, you know there's a lot of things here like literally alligators. Alligators are just like a normal thing here. Um, as a matter of fact, in the back here where I'm at, there's a sign. Literally, uh, I don't know thirty yards, forty yards to my left it says, "Please do not feed the alligators." That's what it says. So um, kind of interesting. There, there's, there's like an eight foot one. When the sun comes out, he comes right on the. They go up and get a little sun. Just things that we don't have here. I'm embarrassed to say. There's a. I just seen something here that I don't know what it is, but they're very popular there. It's not a frog. It's a something like a salamander or something. I just seen them at the door. Kind of freaked me out. I hate bugs. I hate little things. And <laughs> just kind of. I was telling these guys
1: when out. I was a kid, uh, they were just Kiowa Island, South Carolina was just being developed, not Hilton. Oh, yeah. but Kiowa Island. I played golf, and if you hit the ball errantly into a pack of alligators, there'd be a guy that came around would say to you, "Be like, son, I don't think you ought to hit that ball. You ought to take a drop. I think on the next one, right?" Cause you, <laughs> but they were everywhere, right? They were just part of part of the uh, the deal. Yeah. What are you doing? Oh, yeah, are you are you the following deal. the PGA tour around? Well, Kelly was asking well, earlier.
4: This, these two tournaments, uh, Hilton Head. This is my twentieth or twenty first year here. Hilton Head. I've, I've always come down. It's a beautiful. It's a just a break after March Madness. So you have the stressful football season, basketball. Uh it's just a break after March Madness. I used to go to Florida for a week, Hilton Head for a week. I threw the Masters in this year, as you guys seen last week from uh, right right from Magnolia Lane. There was pretty cool. And that was a great week. I tell you, I really had a lot of fun. Was there. it everything I you just,
1: imagined it to be?
4: More. More. I didn't expect I didn't expect for it to be what it was. I I, I I probably didn't realize from TV, you can't really grasp it. Um, the 13th hole, such beautiful sand and, and uh, the, this just cultivated uh, the, the majestic, beautiful magnolias, the trees, the flowers, of course, Amen Corner. Um, I'll admit it on air. Amen Corner, I, I almost uh, hurt myself pretty bad. So it was raining. Wait, wait a minute. It was pouring wait minute, raining.
1: Wait a minute. Yeah. How'd you almost oh, hurt yeah. yourself on Amen Corner? Going over the bridge?
0: Yeah. You, I know. How'd you do it? I
4: know. It's it, if anyone knows people that have been there, they'll 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 reach out to you on Twitter and say, Yes, that's a very steep hill. So Amen Corner, you have to go up a, a hill and uh and, and just picture me going up a hill, raining, it's you're sliding on the on the I guess that's called pine straw. And yeah, I went right down. As a matter of fact, my knee still has remnants of it. Oh uh, man. It's still pretty Yeah, I went right down. It's kind of funny, but it was more embarrassing than then. People are so It's amazing when they say southern hospitality, let me tell you. It's amazing how nice people were in Augusta. It's amazing how nice people are in the South. They're just so respectful, and it's almost like being in a different part of the world. When you're in Philly, New York, Boston, these are cities that <laughs> I grew up in. I've been around. It's a more aggressive thing, but then again, at least you get to know where you're standing right away.
1: The further um, north but, you but get, it, that's what I used to say. Yeah, I'm just and saying. L- like, l- listen, so they're l- great l- people l- l- too, though. Were you able to bet? Were you able to make wagers while on the grounds?
4: On the grounds, um, no, you, you can't have a phone at all. So um, it, it, it's a they're real strict. Here at Hilton Head, you can bring your phone out to the course, uh, but you cannot bring your phone Wait, do on they, the course
1: do they, confis- years. do they confiscate the phone?
4: Confiscate it, put it up in a locker for you, you can go back and pick really? it and, and pick it up. I didn't know yeah, they're that. Real I guess strict I never thought that, about that. Which I really I really wish you could have just to see a video or something of, of, uh, of that. Amen oh, yeah. That corner makes sense. 13. It's so beautiful to see how beautiful it is. And just to realize it, but um, yeah, no phones on the yeah. course show, but as far as gambling goes, don't worry. There's lots of gambling going on. Um, on these golf courses, I, I realized by being at the masters and riding around, um, I, I, on the on a scooter I had there, because you really need a scooter to go. I, I rode every. I wanted to see every hole, and seeing how many people know Visa, the Visa Network, know Gil, know your show, um, and and, and know know you know where people ask me again. It happens at casinos, like I said last week. Never on a golf course. People said, "Is Gil here? Hey, get my man, get my man, Gil." I mean, they wanted to know about you. It was it was great. It was a fun time. Um, I like hearing people come up to me and say thank you for you know giving us little nuggets of information and stuff listen it, it really makes me feel so great when i can just know that off of my 30-year playbook of gambling and betting sports for a living paying tax on gambling when that i can help someone by not making or trying not to make the errors i have made along my way you know i thought about it last time sitting around here um i'm staying with a couple of couple of tour caddies one caddy for um uh, for VJ, uh, not VJ, one caddy, well, one did caddy for VJ, saying one uh, off a couple of years, VJ and Ernie. But I'm staying for a guy that, that caddied for McElroy for over 10 years. He's such a nice guy, and we're just sitting around talking. And uh, it's amazing when you learn the inner workings. Like, I would think being a caddy would be a dream job. I thought it would be absolutely not. Very stressful job. Um, one of the three caddies I had dinner last night, they said, you know, when you have a guy that hits two great shots and he thanks you and then hits a bad shot coming up 18 or whatever uh, and then just turns to you and says, what was that? Like, it's just it's almost like giving out a game, Gil. You give out three games, two of them win the third one, and they curse you for the third one, that loss. It's just <laughs> you learn a, it's lot. a tough job.
1: Well, and you, you uh, probably, those the, the caddies probably learn a lot about the golfers for whom they caddy based on those kinds of reactions, right? Who blame the caddy, who, who don't. Did, do you, did you make money on the tournament in the end, or did you lose money on the Masters?
4: I lost money on the Masters. Yeah. Oh, someone's admitting losing money on oh, the we national admitted it. network. We admitted it. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I lost money on I lost money. But I... I, I, listen, I've done very well in golf over the years. Golf matchups and stuff, oh God, I've done very well over the years. Good information. Um, you know, a lot of golf is about course form. Like Casey said on the show, there's, there's, there's literally uh, courses for horses. So like someone out, you come out here and certain golfers just love this course here in, in, in Hilton Head. Um, they love, like I'll give you, like, like Shane Lowry uh, loves this golf course. Done very good here in the past. And you know, no matter what, when they do bad at other tournaments and stuff, they come here and it just feels like such a peaceful atmosphere, like their home. Um, you have guys like Jim Furyk that and Of course now he's 55 or 50. He's an older guy now. Um, thousand to one shot, by the way, at circuit he was. And, um, it, you know, he won the tournament a couple of years ago at 125 to one. And he's won the tournament a couple, I think two times before that. These guys like this tournament. There's certain golfers that like this particular course and it, it's a tougher course now for, for long hitters. This, as a matter of fact, you see, McIlroy dropped out of this out of this tournament. Um, even Spieth gave us gave a speech about it, how it's been such a stressful year, even though he's won here. I think he won I think he won last year, and and, and this was going to be a tough week for him. Let's see what happens. Let's by see if he just puts that out there. By the way, up, updated the
1: score right now. Joel Damon sure. and Scott Stallings co leaders uh, at the RBC Heritage. Right now, Harbortown Golf Links. Joel Damon featured prominently in the uh, Netflix series. What was the name of that, uh, Kelly? The Netflix Golf Series?
3: Man, I don't know. Point break, long drive, something. I keep forgetting all these. I got Ben Martin as a first-round
1: leader, 110 to 1, so I hope he stays home. Oh, he's won back. Wow. Yep. Along with Xander Shofflin. Full
3: swing. Thank you, Matt.
1: Full swing. Breakpoint was the tennis.
3: (laughs) I hate I hate both the titles.
1: Yeah, they're very good. I just want to say point break every time. Is golf doing the Joel Damon episode was the best of the bunch, and he is the co-leader right now. Do you did you bet on this tournament at all, Craig? I I
4: did, I did. I I I bet some guys um women here and you know. Well, like like Circa had such good odds. You know, I have about you know I understand I have a lot of different shops to shop at. I don't like ever giving out the people and telling them to go bet into this futures market because of such a big hold. But when you put them all side by side, and like I seen, 35 to 1, 40 to 1, 45 to 1, and then, of course, I found Circa at 55 to 1 uh, on, like, Matt Kuchar. Now, he started out bad this morning. He was two over. I think he might have brought it down to par. But uh, Matt Kuchar's done very good here. He chipped out of 18 to win the tournament when I was watching him once. That's one of, um, Kelly's. That's one of Kelly's
1: picks. Yeah.
4: Oh, is it? Yeah. Let's okay, go, good. crack. Good. I like it. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'll tell you what. That circle was good enough. I text Jeff. I said, Jeff, it says a thousand dollars. How much can I bet on, uh, on on him to win? So they gave me a very healthy bet uh, on on him to win. They they like tripled the odds. I only bet three thousand on them. Craig, so they're, hang they're out. Good. They're good. They're good. Hang sure. out
1: with us. We'll do one more segment. You remembered something you wanted to talk about yes. a couple weeks ago. You wrote it down so that you would not forget this time. I have no idea what it is. We tease it at the top of the show by saying, I don't know. Craig got something he wants to talk about. So we'll do that on the other side. Bill Krakenberger, live from Hilton Head, South Carolina, on a
0: numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
2: the Sports Betting Network.
1: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current betting splits data. Split bets! Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits! Yet another way that VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game. At vsin.com. Skill Alexander, Kelly Bidlin hanging out at the South Point here in Vegas. Live from Hilton Head, South Carolina. Bill Krakenberger, unscripted with a crack man. Look at that. Just looks beautiful. Everything. You can just tell how nice it is back there. By the way, not only Hilton Head, not only Kiowa Island, which we mentioned earlier, but I've always said Charleston, South Carolina, one of the hidden gems, one of the most underrated cities in this entire country. The people of Charleston know. Uh, they're like, you know, trust me, it's not underrated here, but it is just absolutely a gorgeous part of the country.
4: That's a great, are you talking about, so Gil, listen, you mentioned in Charleston, they have some of the greatest restaurants in the United States, Southern home cooking, but also even their steakhouse there. I think it's called the Hills chop house. I I know it's called the chop house. Been there a hundred years. I've been there. It's just a great place to eat. Love, love the Southern hospitality here of, of the South and, uh. I, I'm hoping it's it's going to spread throughout the United States because well, I'll tell you one thing. I wrote, I put a tweet up the other day about Mr. Rogers. We need that now. We need that now in this country. The things you see now and things what's going on across the whole country. Just some of the things are just terrible. Things that we would never think about when we were in high school and even our younger teens and I mean upper teens and even in our twenties. God, the way people think now are just so different. So. Um. Anyway, I going back I, to the south.
1: Well, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't ahead. expect you to bring up Mr. Rogers. Have you seen the Mr. Rogers documentary or the or? Uh, oh yeah. Of course. He really, really was like an am, amazing human being who, like, just again, it's very corny to uh, you know when people hear his name, the immediate trigger for a lot of people is, oh yeah, what a corny guy. He was he was just such a, a amazing guy who spread <clears throat> nothing but just good you know vibes and love throughout. It really is. I would recommend anybody who needs a an uplifting thing to watch, to watch that.
4: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He, he was better than 95% of people on this planet. That's for sure. Great person. You're absolutely right.
1: So there was, um, so there, yeah, there's something you wanted to talk about.
4: You know, Gil, I, I, I wanted to talk about this and I forgot. Uh, so around the Super Bowl time, I'm on, I'm on some really good chats with five or six people. Uh, some of which half of them actually are very, very astute, very, very smart. And I'm on like three of them during football season, and uh, they just ask me where certain lines are if I can help them out with certain things. And you know, because I, 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 you know, I, a lot of these kids, they literally, I've been doing this, in, in, and they were in their diapers, so they don't even know what like about a lot of a lot of the, some of the sharpest sports betting minds would be terrible sports betters, if that makes anything. They wouldn't have that skill set um and and if they had to deal with like local guys and stuff that i did 25 years ago when i was in that game 20 years ago even 10 years ago i they probably wouldn't get paid i mean (laughs) you know they're not going to pay these statistical analytical guys those guys would uh you know not not get paid at all from a lot of people and that's the way it was before these legal sports books came to the country and they all paid us before they threw us all out so um but let me just tell you on one of the chats someone asked about the punts very sharp guy says hey uh, if there's uh, under seven and a half up to minus 150 is a good line on punts. Well, I text him back separately, not in the group separately, just to let him know, hey, seizures has under seven and a half minus 30. I know you had that out for yourself. And I said, I will not touch it. You know, you, it's there for you. And he said, I appreciate it. Nine, I'm reading this text. 98% of people would hit it for themselves and not say anything. I said, well, those people are idiots. Loyalty is very important to me. He said very old school bill everyone in my generation is a piece of mm-hmm. obviously you know a piece of crap and i thought about that and i said wow these originators they they just don't realize it that if, if you're helping an originator he gets that originating number if he if you if he, they ask for a number and say hey i want seven and a half under 50 my responsibility and i would think anyone that is trying to help out in this kind of situation would say hey there's a better line for you here or a better line here, you know, if you want to split something or get something in. But he's telling me that that's not the way it is. Then I started thinking, that is just so wrong. And I thought about something else, though, Gil. You know, being uh, in this business 30 years, and I-, I worked with some of the sharpest syndicate sports books in the world for over a decade, for one of them, one of the sharpest guys. And... Nobody knows these new kids that are in this game and a lot of the Twitter guys and that, that are part of syndicates if they want to call themselves syndicates now, they don't realize that when you were working for a syndicate, here's how it worked. Whatever money you got on a game, whatever money you got down and turned in to your syndicate boss, and you know, when I say syndicate, guys, please don't take that wrong. It's not a mafia syndicate. It's not a mob syndicate. It's a gambling, sports betting syndicate. So when, when you turned in, at the end of the year, usually it was twice a year after the Super Bowl and after the World Series in baseball, you'd get paid a moving percentage. So you'd actually get a percentage of the win. For you turning in all the money, guaranteeing the money on your turn in, you would get 25% of the profits. When I mention that to these two or three separate groups that don't even know each other, they don't they, they heard of each other, they don't know they never heard of giving anyone a percentage of win. Like Gil, how about yourself? Have you have you heard about that? If you're a mover, at the end of the year or at the end of the quarter, whatever it may be, you get a percentage of the win no. for your efforts. Of okay, you have no. It. So us- usually,
1: moving- usually the, okay. the, the the arrangement that I am aware of, modern day, right? Is that let's take we could our buddy Rufus, right? When he was back with his yeah. group back in the day, right? Yeah. One was the one was the guy who was on the computer doing the origination, if you will. And he didn't want to do any of the moving or the placing of the, uh, you know, placing the bets anywhere. So there were guys who did that. That was their skill set. And they had some sort of financial arrangement. I don't believe there was, I mean, maybe they did do it on percentages. Maybe their whole operation was based on a percentage. Um, I'd have to ask him. So I think it's a a
4: free roll, really, in a sense. But then again, Gil, the originator is not going to lose. So, it's just not a free roll. It's just you're taking a percentage of the bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, you're gambling yourself. So, for the legalities of it, for legal wise, like if you're betting for someone in Las Vegas as a runner, which by the way, the runners are extinct now, like dinosaurs, unicorns, and uh, mermaids, uh, you know, a runner, what, what they would do is they would just take a percentage of the bet because that means they're gambling their own money. That made it legal, quasi legal, compared to getting a salary, making a thousand dollars a week, and not caring who won. Uh, they would take a percentage of the bet. By taking the percentage of the bet, you'll make more money. But I understand people want to guarantee themselves a salary for working, but they cost themselves money in the end. They always realize, wow, I got to change. I got to go on percentage. But maybe these maybe today was, don't.
1: Yeah, maybe it was okay, percentage. But we're, we're conflating a couple issues, right? Because one of what okay. I want to get back to is the original statement, which is. Sure. This is what Alan Boston used to be really angry about, right? And I think he, he may have still he may have softened on this a little. I don't know, but what he was bothered by, and this I sort of get, right? Like he was the originator, and he wouldn't even have that arrangement with anybody, right? He wouldn't There wouldn't be any sort of agreement, at least in the, in the at least in the aspect that he was talking about. What he was upset about was people had access somehow some way, whatever way, multiple ways to know what he was betting, either directly or through an intermediary. They knew what he was betting uh, in accounts. And they would then capitalize on that knowledge to sort of greedily take most of the chunk of that at the numbers that he, you know, as the originator, they would not have had that information. They didn't have a formal relationship with him. That's what he would rail about. And I kind of get that, right? Like, I kind of get why that would sour him to everything.
4: Well, Gil, I'm glad you mentioned this because what that actually means is when Alan or his boss or his partners would bet into certain sites, the shop originators, the PPH shops in Costa Rica, wherever they may be now, Antigua, Curacao, the PPH shops would have their employees actually would would know Mm -hmm. to give that information to sharp sports bettors or syndicate groups for them to make extra money because let's face it. Minimum wage last time I was in Costa Rica was $240 an hour. I mean, so these guys are making, you know, five bucks an hour and, uh, you know, they're making themselves literally $200 a week, $250 a week. Well, if a big successful sports syndicate group says, hey, give me the hot counts or tell me the hot games, give me the hot accounts when they go in, and uh, I'll be able to to steal that information and bet that stuff, but even even before the originators punching it by hand, they can bet it with their bot or their group and uh, it makes, you can make some extra money for yourself. It's called like a check for changes program. If you can Google that, check for changes, it actually constantly refreshes the account and checks for changes in the account between bets going in. It's a really sophisticated thing I'm talking about. But now that you mentioned Alan, I know exactly what you mean. But it's just something the difference in, in now and 10 years ago, the way it was. These originators just think sometimes that their information is so much privy and so much in in demand that that is the present, that is the gift. Telling you that rather than giving you a percentage to work from and collect, if you're part of a group, they don't realize how hard it is that to, you know to, to collect, to pay and collect with you know different street bookmakers and stuff. Yeah. And uh, like I said, n- not a reason to do that anymore for myself, but I was definitely involved decades ago. Just wanted to pass that along and just. Just a little nuggets of information.
1: appreciate you giving me two segments here. No, no, no. There there are certain behaviors we will not be able to uh, affect change in. That might be one of them. Uh, uh, Human nature is going to trump all at times. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Bill Krakenberger live from Hilton Head. We'll come back. NBA Series and Matt Miller on the NFL Draft. Coming up.
2: A numbers game on v the sports betting network.
1: Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Do not forget become a Veasan Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. Host and guests all in one spot. You also get a, uh, unlimited access to our Veasan.com/slash-picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI, and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand for VEASAN Pro picks. Betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for only $9.99 at vison.com slash subscribe. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. Skill Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. Shall we read some uh, tweets, Ron Burgundy style? Should we just rifle through them and see what happens? Sure,
3: man. You're good. You're good. Yeah, well, it was a smooth transition, man. So much more than a host. Kill <sighs> Alexander.
1: <laughs> <laughs> At Joe C seven one four. LOL. Might have been perfect timing for me, but the singer by Kelly made me spit out my morning monster postcard era. Oh, postcard era. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, think, I think. have a rule: no baseball. Uh, no baseball records before the car was invented.
1: Backyard Driving Range Bro, he says they, they do allow cameras at Augusta for practice rounds, though. We bought cameras because who owns a camera anymore? Here is Amen Corner on Monday, so everybody's sending in their, uh, their pictures from Augusta. But that makes sense that because I'm like, we never see pictures or video yeah. down there, so obviously they confiscate them. Like it's a Bruno Mars concert or something. Uh, let's see primetime. Wait, what is that a thing? Oh yeah. I yeah. knew about
3: the Masters. I
1: didn't know about Br- Bruno Mars. You're not allowed to take a phone in New City. Early Bruno Mars days you could take your phone in. So like from 2013 when he wasn't really like the biggest thing in the world you I have Bruno Mars concert pictures. Concert f- photos. Okay. But late Bruno Mars after he blew up, they take the phones at the door. And so his whole thing is that he does a whole bit about it while on stage. Like, he loves that nobody has their cell phones to actually watch a concert. Because one of the most annoying things in the world, and I agree with him completely, is people go to concerts and they spend the entire concert videoing the concert they're there to see. I,
3: I mean, I agree, and that's the whole point of the Masters,
1: too. Right. Because when are you going to watch those videos anyway? Hey, look, I went to see Bruno. Like, come on. Watch the concert. Have the experience. So I get it. I'm with him.
3: All right. It's a decent argument because you're actually right. Like, I would re-watch Masters videos more than I would re-watch Me Bruno too. Mars. You're like, look at this really crappy quality video of a concert I was at. Like, like you know, where the music's coming in, not at high quality. Right. But having said that, if, if I was walking into wherever on the strip to go see a show and they were like, hey, uh, we're going to need your cell phone beforehand, I'd be like, hey, I'm not going in there. See you later.
1: <laughs> now, if you have if you have the. Uh... You can
3: pry my phone out of my cold, dead fingers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you have the suspicious spouse who thinks you're doing something, really, I was in a concert.
3: <laughs> sure you were. <laughs> sure right, you really. were. Bruno Didn't Mars. get back to me for three hours. <laughs>
1: Bruno asked you personally to take your phone away? Sure. Um. That's great. All right, I'm looking to make a, a NBA series bet. I have not made any. My instinct was Warriors minus one and a half, but you clearly don't like that. No, I don't. But you
3: know, you we we have uh, differing opinions on the on yeah. those two teams. I, I'm I'm with JVT. I, I th- for me, this is more of a this is more of just a price thing. I, I, like this is a, this is a very insulting number. I feel like to the Kings, just like they've been, you know, under the, just like they've been undervalued, underrated this entire season. I feel like it's continuing here. So it's more it for me. It's more of that, and. Um, Like, do I think the Warriors are probably going to win? Yeah, I think the Warriors are probably going to win this series.
1: Okay, let's do it this way. You're forced to make a sweep bet in one of these st- series. You must make a 4-0 sweep wager in one of the existing six series. That okay. series would be?
3: 76ers Nets.
1: Sixers Nets.
3: Uh, I'm just checking real quick. Yeah, with without hesitation. I mean, and then whoever the Bucs play.
1: Whether it's the Heat or the Bulls. What's the Sixers sweep price? Do we know? Sorry to put you on the spot there.
3: Um, I can pull it up here. Boop
1: boop, boop boop.
3: That would be that yes, that would be the one that I Okay. Would, it would be them and then the Bucks. Like whoever the Bucks play. It doesn't matter if yeah, it's the I Heat. I would or- I would
1: imagine the Bucks sweep price would not be that wonderful though.
3: No, and the Sixers the Sixers price isn't gonna be either
1: at minus 900 See, this series is where price when derivative. When we're trying
3: to do stuff on the fly, like this sorry. is where I love where DraftKings has so many options up, you know what I mean? But then when you're trying to do stuff <laughs> on the fly, it's sorry. like, okay, there's 100 things to get through here.
1: Sorry, my bad.
3: No, you're good. Okay, I will Series
1: ask, correct score. Yes. Nets,
3: 76ers, 4-0, plus 240.
1: Okay. That's a little something to think about. The, the Bucks are going to be way bigger series prices, so their, their sweep price is not going to be nearly as fun as that.
3: Correct. Yeah, if the 76ers are minus 900 then I mean the yeah. Bucks got to be minus 1100 something like that. Oh,
1: more i think they'll even be higher than that is my guess.
3: I do, I, I think JVT is right. Like I wouldn't I'm not running to bet this one though because the Nets are good enough from three that it would not surprise me if they steal one by just they shoot the lights out.
1: Because you said gentleman sweep earlier, we yeah. We brought that up. That would be All my. Right, let's do the opposite series. One of these series uh, at least goes seven games. You're forced to bet a series going the distance. What's your bet?
3: I have bet it. Knicks, Cavs.
1: Knicks, Cavs. But you also you did that because you could get a good four two and a good four three.
3: Yes, correct. Because I think the Cavs win are six or seven.
1: Okay. I, yeah, think that, I, I
3: think the Sun, I think the Suns Clippers would be up there. Eh, yeah, I think Suns Clippers would be up there. Too. I
1: mean, based on series price, the the Grizzlies Lakers would be the most likely to go the distance. But somehow you don't you don't think that's going th- the distance. I
3: think that series. I like that. I I feel like I'm in between. Yeah, uh, Drew and JVT on this one because I really, I really like the Lakers matchup matchup wise down low, but I think. I also don't. I also feel like I don't want. I don't want to take away credit from what the Grizzlies have done this year. What Ja Morant and that backcourt, Desmond Bain, and all those guys. Let's,
1: like, d- let's define. Drew really likes the Grizzlies yes. and, and JVT really likes, likes the Lakers. Lakers. Yeah, and I'm
3: kind of caught in between. Like this wouldn't. Like Gil, I wouldn't be surprised if either team won in five or
1: six. This is where it gets to. It's one thing from a fan. This is the difference between fans and betters. Yeah. Right. Okay. From a fan's perspective, oh my God, how great are the Western Conference playoffs? From a betting perspective, I'm not sure I have enough conviction anywhere. I'm sure there's a bet that I'll make on a couple of these. But there's nothing that I'm like – there was no price that was put out where I'm like, oh, my God, I've got to bet that. Yep, no, I'm with that's you. Was, that's why I did the exercise last week with the Warriors and the Kings. I'm like, man, if the Warriors – if that's a low price, I'm all over it. But it wasn't. It was minus 290. I'm like, Okay nothing there.
3: I mean, I have my 3 series bets for for this round. That's kind of roughly though, Gil, what the amount that I usually make per round. Like I'm still even in the playoffs, I'm a bigger game by game better than I am kind of betting on series yeah. stuff cuz I think there's There's a lot of stuff that shifts mid-series. Sometimes, I mean, we see how many times during the playoffs are they are are series affected by a major injury. And I'm not saying that's something you should expect. Sure, but it happens all the time. We see it every year.
1: Okay, if I tell you that two series dogs win their series, two series dogs, who are those two teams? You immediately have to go to the West. (laughs) It's just, is it the Lakers over the Grizzlies? Is it the Kings over the Warriors? Is it the Clippers over the Suns? Or is it the yet to be determined eighth seed over the number one nuggets?
3: See, I I think there's a lot of dogs live. Right. Like I think the Lakers are very live. I think the Clippers are live. Well, that's the, why I'm trying to I think limit the Kings you. To, are live. That's
1: why I'm trying to limit you to two for the purposes of this exercise. Cause in the East. My favorite two dogs? Yeah, in the East, the only one you can really say is the is the Knicks. No. I,
3: th- I think Atlanta's Boston's going to be close to. Wow. I think Atlanta's going to steal two games away from them.
1: I'd love to see that. And I think you might be right. Because they're just volatile enough, right, on offense where they can just go crazy.
3: They're good. They're, they have a yeah. good roster who has underperformed all season long.
1: And if you have a good trade game where he's just hitting everything, good guy.
3: Yeah. And I know I sound like a bitter Hawks backer, because guess what? I'm a bitter Hawks backer. Total bitter Hawks But, backer. like, this roster
1: is talented enough that they can do that. All right, I'm holding you to two, though. Two. Who are the two most likely dogs? I come to you from the future, and I said, hey, Kelly, only two dogs got through. Who are they? Kings and Lakers. I think most people would have some two of the three of Kings. Yeah, I th- no, I think most people would say Kings and Lakers. I think so, too. Because most people aren't aren't about the Clippers against the Suns.
3: I think there's a lot of people that would say Knicks too.
1: There there, there, yes. are, there are a lot of people oh. that
3: I respect that are in the camp with I would JVT agree with that. that the Knicks the Knicks are very live against
1: the. Kings. I would agree with that. You're right. They're probably third in that group over and, over the Clippers.
3: And then the one I the one I, like I would bring up too is just one that's not even been said yet. It is. It is that if the thunder,
1: <laughs> if the thunder, well, that's why I brought it up uh, the hypothetically. <laughs> the yet to be named number eight against the one, but it would ha But it, I mean, the T wolves are good too. But there's something about the thunder where you're like, they don't, they don't know enough to know that they're not supposed to win that series, yes. kind of thing. And what was uh, what was Shea Gildas Alexander's line after the game yesterday? We have good habits. How many young it's, players it's a, do you do you hear say something like that? Yeah. No,
3: no, I, I it's a it's a team that's been consistent. I think it's a well-coached team. I think you've got leadership, young leadership that's standing out. I mean, what they're really missing is size. I mean, they don't have anybody down low. That's why Nicole Jokic will go for 30 35 15 and 10, like that, averaging that series, but it could still be a series.
1: Boy, the T-Wolves better beat them. after that go bear trade where they gave up the house.
3: I know, man. That's good. That is going to end up being one of the worst trades in NBA history. If it isn't oh, already.
1: if it isn't already. But you lose, you you can't even get into the playoffs even, after that trade.
3: Even par, just part of that trade was for Walker Kessler. He's arguably just as good as Rudy Gobert in that first year. Whew.
1: Let's talk some NFL draft uh, to close things out. Matt Miller joins us from ESPN. Who does he think at this point goes number one? Who's the first offensive lineman? First wideout? First defensive player? Next numbers game, Vesa. These sports betting.
2: BSAT, the Sports Betting Network.
1: BetMGM, the King of Sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. And if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM MGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20. MGM Resorts, properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and Nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 8 100 gambler skill alexander it's kelly bidlin we get tweets at beating the book um, this is from primetime so the fact that Augusta doesn't allow cell phones likely prevented serious injury/deaths slash deaths when the trees fell on Friday. People not staring at their phone and being more aware of their surroundings likely prevented a disaster could very well be. primetime.
3: how is that a good point? Yeah. I never even thought about that seeing that that terrifying video but
1: yes, it's a great point.
3: People are so easily distracted by their phones who knows what that could have prevented.
1: Could very well have been the case. JC at JC underscore gobble goal. He says highly recommend going to Augustine and physically walking the course no phone no betting I think you'd be okay for a weekend I think you're right Joey Sinante the chop house in Charleston is halls phenomenal place lived in Charleston for a decade fantastic place will definitely retire there there you go there's a vote for retirement Charleston uh, this is from uh, resist he said southern hospitality is real When you're white and well-off, racism and classism ingrained deep down. I've lived in North Carolina and Louisiana, and that's my experience. DP, how come Crack isn't on for the full hour anymore? When he's remote, we don't have him on the full hour. When he's in studio, we always have him in the full hour. And uh, there you go. We appreciate all the the, uh, feedback on Twitter, as always. Good, bad. Indifferent, just be funny. We love you funny or poignant. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk some NFL Draft. Matt Miller is kind enough to join us from ESPN. He's ESPN's NFL Draft analyst and insider, one of theirs. And you can follow him on Twitter at NFL Draft Scout. Matt, thanks for being on. Appreciate it.
5: Yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me.
1: So we are two weeks, exactly two weeks now, two weeks plus a few hours, before the 2023 NFL Draft begins. You haven't put out a mock in a while, so we're not going to hold you to any previous mocks. As it stands right now, because that would be unfair, wouldn't it? As it stands right now, what percentage of your brain believes that Bryce Young, if we were to read the tea leaves, and in betting markets, he's minus 360 to go first, how certain are you that he goes first?
5: Uh, 90%? Uh, and thank you for not holding me to a mock. I have a new one coming out next week, uh, so... We'll get you guys updated on that. Um, I would say 90 yeah, 90%. Um, it's that time of year where anything can happen, you know, um, but I, I feel confident. I think, like you said, reading the tea leaves, whether that's information coming from teams, information coming from, you know, journalists that, that I work with or even looking at the betting markets, which uh, they do a pretty good job of, of predicting these things. Uh, it, it does feel like Bryce is, is you know, really – kind of secured that spot. And I would say 90% just because um, it, there's still two weeks to go. And, you know, there's still opportunity for those final meetings when the owner is involved, the GM, the head coach, offense coordinator, you know, you kind of get the, the cabinet all together and say, okay, who's it going to be? Uh, make sure everybody's in lockstep with each other. That's the only, only opportunity I see right now for things to change.
1: If Carolina does, in fact, go Bryce Young number one, do you think – it's an absolute that Houston takes C.J. Stroud, number two, or are you not really buying into that necessarily at this point?
5: I think it's wide open right now at two. And I, I so it should be C.J. Stroud, absolutely. But we don't know right now who's making the decision in Houston. I've got an owner in Cal McNair who's become more involved. You've got a GM in Nick Casario who's hired two coaches, three coaches at this point who have been fired. You've got a brand-new head coach who is a franchise legend in D'Amico Ryan. and I think that's the thing we're trying to figure out is who's calling the shots. You know, does D'Amico Ryan look at his alma mater, Alabama, and say, Will Anderson was the best player in football the last two years. We're just going to draft him. We're just going to draft the best player. We'll figure it out at quarterback. Or is there enough pressure internally to say, hey, we got we got to figure out this quarterback spot, uh, especially when you have right now on the roster Davis Mills and Case Keenum. So I, I think – Logic says that it should be CJ Stroud, but logic and the NFL draft aren't always friends.
1: No, it is one of the more inexact sciences ever. It's it's really it's two weeks for big two weeks in advance. It's one of the more up in the air drafts. What's your sense of then, whether it's Houston or otherwise? Who do you feel the first? And by the way, all of these are based in. Uh, betting markets, just to let you know, Matt, but who might be the first defensive player selected then? Is, is, does it feel Will Anderson-ish at this point, or is Jalen Carter's move coming back to it being him?
5: I think it's still Will Anderson. That is that is where I would go um, if, it were, if it were me placing a bet. Uh, Jalen Carter, I, it's, he should be second, right? And I think it, it does come down to, if the Houston Texans don't take Will Anderson at two, the Arizona Cardinals, are like, do they take him at three or do they trade? Because I think that's what could turn things upside down because if we have four quarterbacks going the first four picks, which has never happened before, uh, would Seattle take Jalen Carter or Will Anderson? To me, it would seem that they would take Will Anderson. They signed Draymond Jones, to free agency. An outside pass rusher is more of a need than an inside pass rusher, but there are definitely teams that think Jalen Carter is the most talented football player in this entire
1: class. Now, I, I will I, – while I won't hold you to your mock draft, I will look at your big board here because I think that your your opinions there probably are steadfast, which is – I was interested because I have Jackson Smith and the Jigba going as the first wideout. I have a really good number on him, plus 340. He's now the prohibitive favorite at minus 225 in that market. You have him as your fifth overall player on your draft board. Is that correct?
5: That is correct. I love Jackson Smith and the Jigba. Kudos to you for getting that that line that you got. That's fantastic. That's uh, fantastic. I think, he's, I think he's great. Now, he won't go number five, like you said, a big board different than a mock draft. He will be the first wide receiver drafted. I think you could already start spending that money. You could start thinking about what you're <laughs> going to buy with that money uh, because he will be the first receiver drafted. And that might be, you know, it might be 12 to the Houston Texans. It might be 15 to the Green Bay Packers if we could ever convince them to draft a receiver in the first round. But wherever that, ha- wherever that happens, and I, I know there's talk about Zay Flowers maybe starting to push up against that a little bit. I think some of that is a little bit manufactured just given the time of year. You know, people want to be different. than what something to talk about. Um, Every team I talk to says Jackson Smith and Jigba will be the first one off the board.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is almost an unfair question, but if it is Smith and Jigba first, I mean, you mentioned Zay Flowers, but we've heard buzz on Quentin Johnston from TCU, Jordan Addison, obviously. Some people think he's the best wideout out out there from from USC. Who's your sense would fall right after Smith and Jigba of wideouts?
5: Probably Zay Flowers. would I would, if you could, you know, bet on a stack, I would say JSN, Zay Flowers, then Jordan Addison, and then probably Quentin Johnston. But I think Jalen Hyatt definitely. The, he has some fans around the NFL as well. And I think for for Quentin Johnston, you know, he didn't test as well as people thought he would. He's got the twelve percent career drop rate, which is kind of concerning as well. So I, I think there are enough factors with Quentin Johnston where he's just not quite as ready as you would like him to be. You know, big wide receivers, you know, naturally separate, have kind of had a rough go of it in the NFL, Um, So, especially big 12 wide receivers. So I I think that's something that's maybe pushing him down a little bit.
1: All right, I got two more questions here before I let you go. And again, all of these markets that people can bet on and trying to sort of get a sense of what we ought to bet. First offensive tackle to go, who do you think?
5: Ooh, do we get to count Peter Skoronski as an offensive tackle? If so, I'm going to go there. Okay. Um, if not, if not, I'll say this is it's that's tough. Uh, I'll say Paris Johnson from Ohio State, but Robert Jones uh, from Georgia certainly has fans. He's just inexperienced. Darnell Wright from Tennessee is really really good. Um, I think Paris Johnson from Ohio State is the most finished product out of those guys. So. I could definitely see him coming off the board first. Yeah,
1: by the way, I said offensive tackle. I meant offensive line. Tight end. First tight end.
5: I think that moves strongly to Dalton Kincaid. Um, I'm a Michael Mayer fan. I think he's more complete, but Dalton Kincaid's athleticism. And then, you know, this week he gets the the doctor sign-off on the back injury, face cleared, he's ready to go. That's going to help him a lot, so. Don Kincaid might be the guy that's going to go a lot earlier than people think, actually.
1: All right, Matt, I hate to say this, but I lied to you. Last one for sure. Last, <laughs> fir- first def- first defensive back to go.
5: Devin Witherspoon. Uh, yeah. I feel good about that. Like I feel good. I love Christian Gonzalez from Oregon as well. But Devin Weatherspoon from Illinois is is the one I feel great about.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. All of these available. All of these at not uh, as favorable prices as they once were, but uh, maybe some movement here. We got two weeks to go. Matt, really appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. And we we'll look forward to your next mock draft in a week. Okay. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Matt Miller, everybody, at NFL Draft Scout, NFL Draft Analyst and Insider at ESPN nice of him to join us
3: uh, he was great um, I think the thank you Dustin Sweetelson for helping us get him booked uh, Devin Witherspoon first cornerbacks becoming interesting I bet the Christian Gonzalez one but he had a great pro day Witherspoon did and uh, looked good health
1: withers as as much as Bryce Young has the buzz at number one Witherspoon has the buzz um, for sure as a defensive back Kincaid at tight end seems to be a groundswell as well at this point I bet a little Skoronsky, so I wouldn't mind that one <laughs> Kelly bet some Skoronsky. Lombardi line next to Joy from Visa, the sports betting network.